Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host, Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever is on their mind and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support. And once again, welcome home. On this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas, I'm super excited to have someone who uh, means a lot to me, and if you have ever met him, I'm sure he's made an impact on your life. Eli Katina, my brother, welcome to the show, bro. Good to be here. Glad you're here, man. I, uh, You were one of the first people I thought of when I was trying to think of who, who would I want as a guest on this, because I think you have a lot to say. Um, and you and I, even though we're brothers and probably because we're brothers, uh, have different perspectives on a lot of things. So I think it'll be interesting for people to hear. Um, and just to start off, I wanted you to give you an opportunity to tell the listeners, uh, sort of your role with the Katinas and with Love Square, just in case they don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, again, super stoked to be here, um, I've always wanted to be on a podcast, and I, I'm, I'm so honored to, to do it for the first time with my own blood. And uh, Josh, thanks for having me. But yeah, like Josh said, um, I have the privilege to work alongside my dad and uncles, um, known as the Katinas. And uh, for the past three years, I've been acting as the executive director for their nonprofit sector, which is called Love Squared. And uh, Love Squared stands for Love God and Love People. And basically, our mission is towards the next generation of leaders, um, just sharing with them what it looks like to love God, love people, and lead well. Uh, And it's been such a joy to work in our communities and to work uh, outside um, of the country in American Samoa and uh, just seeing uh, the impact that uh, can be made when people come together towards uh, just a common goal and, and decide to, to do the Lord's work. So yeah, that's, that's who I am. That's what I've been doing. And, um, it's been a joy. Definitely, bro. I've, I've really, uh, enjoyed getting to watch you kind of grow into your own and, and take love squared to where it is now. And I think that you really do a great job of challenging dad and the uncles to dream bigger. Um, I think, your voice is an important voice to have in the room there um, when they're having those discussions. And so as you may or may not know for, for first time guests on the show, uh, we like to open it up with three different questions. The first two questions are about things that I'm interested in. uh, And the second or the third question is really more about you. And, um, Uh, give you an opportunity to just kind of share what's on your mind with that so for the first question and just so everyone knows Eli's not heard these questions before I didn't tell him what what I was going to ask him so I'm excited first question what is the last tv show that you binge watched Glee Glee on Netflix Um, my wife and I we watched six seasons (laughs) uh, in six weeks and you know as as a lover of music um it it was it was one of my favorites 
for for that genre. I like I like a couple of different um, of TV shows, but the last show I I truly binge watch uh, was Glee. So I'm assuming watching Glee was not something you would have done on your own. Absolutely not. No. no. And uh, yeah, so what happened was my wife actually injured her ankle. Um, so she was just at home for a couple of weeks um, on the couch because she couldn't get around. And uh, she she started watching Glee, and she watched the first couple episodes without me. Uh, and just by being around it, uh, sat down and watched a few and just immediately uh, got hooked on to something that, you know, you're totally right. I, I never would have pursued on my uh, my own. <laughs> well, dude, you're a good husband. Be honest, though. At the end, by the end of it, did you enjoy it, or was it just a labor of love? Oh, for you? I loved it. I loved every single, single minute of it. Um, I'm still sad that it's over. Um, for the Glee fans out there, um, you know, just some of the 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 real world events that happened that kind of made you emotional and uh, brought you into the show. Uh, but I am a proud. Glee fan. So so for someone like me, I've never seen an episode of Glee. If you had okay. to if you had like an elevator pitch to tell me why I should watch it because I uh I remember when it was coming out like I think when they were releasing episodes I was probably in high school and I think I was too cool to watch Glee back then but I'm getting married soon and yeah. I know my fiance might be interested. So give me a reason why I should watch okay. Glee. Okay, So Glee is a group uh, of misfits brought together by a common passion of music, uh, performing and just the arts. And it is a story that follows uh, a group of high school kids um, through their journey of high school from freshman year to senior year. Uh, all the way to when they graduate and pursue their different dreams. Um, there's a lot of good mix-ups and mash-ups and different renditions of, of songs. And if you love music, if you have uh, just uh, any interest in sort of high school drama, uh, seeing different perspectives and seeing the experience of different students um, and, and what their high school and just life experience is like, um, definitely would recommend Glee. Nice. Uh, still not completely sold, but maybe uh, one day when if Alexis uh, nudges me in the right direction, I'll you gotta uh, give it a chance. bite the bullet and do it. All right, so Glee. That was not the answer I was expecting from you, um, but I guess that's married life. You kind of got to make some compromises. Definitely. Um, for our second question, so one thing that I'm very interested in, and I think you are too, and it's come up in, in current events uh, more and more in the last few years, is space travel. Oh, and wow. so I know you know who Elon Musk is, and Absolutely. you're familiar with SpaceX. And the last I checked, Elon Musk says that he thinks we're his company SpaceX is going to send astronauts to Mars by the year 2027. So that's six years from now. And my question for you is, if you had the opportunity to go to Mars, it's a nine-month trip there, a nine-month trip back, would you do it? 
That is a that's a tough that's a <laughs> tough one. First of all, as a as a fan of Elon Musk, I have no doubt anything he uh, he says. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if they got there sooner. Um, but as someone who's married, someone who no longer makes decisions um, by myself, and as a, a new dog owner, I have a little puppy uh, that I've had for a month uh, named Maya. I, I don't see uh, my wife giving me the okay to be gone for a year and a half. So unfortunately, I do believe I would be uh, forced to turn down the opportunity if it presented itself. That's a fair answer. I, uh, I guess I wasn't thinking about having a wife at home. Um, I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but last year, uh, for your birthday, we went, uh, kayaking with, uh, who was it? Nick Bell. Yep. And Zion. Oh, Zion came, Millie Alexis. So, but so that was the day that we went kayaking was actually the day that SpaceX yep. launched its first American astronauts yes. into space. Do you remember that? I do. I was so excited for that day because growing up, someone who I've always been fascinated with the stars and the moon and the planets, uh, but I, I had always heard about Americans going to space from the past. It had it hadn't been something that uh, was happening here in the country for my lifetime. And so it makes me really excited. I don't know what it is about space that excites me so much, but I think, you know, Elon Musk, when he talks about, when people ask him, why do you want to go to Mars? He has like his business answers or whatever, but he also says he thinks it's really important that people have something to be excited about. Hmm. And, what's more exciting than going to Mars? And yeah. I think that, you know, obviously Elon Musk is talking specifically about his space travel and um, going to Mars. But I also, I really do agree with him that uh, having something to be excited about, even if it may not be uh, something that's realistic or something that you know, adds value to your life, but just having something that's exciting in your life. I do think that's an important part of life. And so this isn't the third question. So this yeah. is question two a, okay. but I'll, I'll ask you what's something that in your life that excites you. Wow. That's a good one. Um, I think as I kind of go through this transition, so I've been married for six months um, and I'm only 21. So, you know, I was in high school, uh, you know, less than four years ago. Uh, but it, it's crazy to see just personally how what you get excited about, uh, you know, changes, uh, not just through the years, but, but through the months, through the weeks, um, through the days. And, you know, I think as I, I start thinking a little bit more just about what my life um, as a husband looks like, uh, as a, a, a man, um, I get excited about, you know, things that weren't even on my radar, uh, just a couple years ago. So what I'm excited about now is, uh, being a father and having kids. Um, it's been crazy to see, uh, just my parents, 
Uh, me and Josh, Josh is engaged. Uh, he'll be getting married this August. Uh, so my parents are just empty nesters and just seeing kind of uh, what their life uh, is and what it's looking like as they head towards retirement and just reflecting kind of on childhood memories and, and on the past. Um, I'm excited to create, you know, those same memories that I had with my parents, uh, with my kids. So, dude, I'm excited to have kids. I'm excited for you to have nieces and nephews and to, to start my own family and uh, just to be a dad. So that's what I'm excited about right now. Very cool, dude. My wife's not pregnant. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's uh, important that you pointed out that you're 21 years old. So what uh, people often mistake I don't know if you know this, but people often mistake you as being the older brother. <laughs> and just so everyone knows, Eli is my younger brother. Um, but I think, Eli, part of the reason people might think that is because you're obviously very mature for your age. Um, and like you said, you're, 20, you're 21, you're already married, uh, you're excited about having kids. And I remember... So I went to college uh, right out of high school. I spent a year at community college, and then I transferred to Lee University. Um, I kind of did the more conventional path, I guess you could say, post high school graduation. You did not. And I, I'm curious to ask you, was that something that, you know, you're definitely more of a risk taker than I am, I would say. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. So Eli's the risk taker between the two of us. You definitely took a risk uh, coming out of high school. Tell me, was that a a challenging decision for you when you were deciding not to go to college and and to, you know, pursue other things? Or how did that decision making process go? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I think, you know, when you're 17, 18, just a teenager in general, you kind of have this natural nothing to lose mentality. Um, so I think, you know, during uh, that season of my life, I probably wasn't as aware of the risks that I was taking compared to when I, I think about it and look back now. So I think, uh, I don't know if, if there's any beauty in ignorance, but um, for me, you know, not going to college and, and not doing the more conventional route uh, was more stemmed off of what's the worst that can happen uh, rather than um, shocking the world and, and making this statement that uh, you don't have to go to school to, to end up in a place where you're happy. So I think at the time, you know, I'd like to like to say that I was taking this big risk and I knew everything that was at stake and uh, I knew the the potential um, problems that could come from it but you know truthfully I was kind of just going off of what felt right and where I I wanted to be and what I wanted to do and just kind of figured it out along the way yeah I I really admire um I guess maybe some of it was ignorance, but I also definitely think there was some bravery. Um, and s- there's bravery in your life every day that I see and that I'm inspired by. Uh, so like Eli said earlier, he is the executive director of Love Squared, um, and that's kind of his day job. But uh, what people may not know is that on the side, he also runs his own landscaping business, Katina Bros Lawn Care. 
Yes, sir. And so when I was, I want to say I was 14, so Eli would have been 11, I started mowing lawns in the neighborhood. I think I had two or three neighbors that would pay me to mow their lawn every week. And as Eli got older, I started letting him help me out. Um, he was learning how to how to use a lawnmower and use a weed eater. And I think when I was like, quote unquote, in charge of it, I think at most, maybe we had like 10 yards, something like that. And then when I went off to college, I kind of passed the business off to Eli. And, you know, I was thinking, man, I'm giving Eli 10 yards. That's you can make good money for a high school kid doing that. Definitely. And I remember your first summer. So you did something your first summer I never did. You went out and bought a new lawnmower. I did. And that was something that was never even on my mind when I was mowing. So I had been doing it for like probably six six years at that point and the way that you were this is where i say you're the bigger risk taker than i am you saw the vision of man if i get better gear better equipment i can do more i can make more money and now how many yards do you do you do we do about 30 to 35 so eli has tripled the business volume with uh katina bros lawn care in just a few years um so yeah dude that's just another thing i commend you (laughs) You 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 see you're a vision caster and you're also an executor. So Thank you. the that's a good person to have in your life is someone like that because I think when it comes to me I'm probably more of a dreamer. Um, you're both a dreamer and an executor, and I think that's a a rare thing to have. So uh, just wanted to share that with you and encourage Appreciate you. It. Yeah, and, if you live in Franklin and you need your grass cut. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Katina Bros Lawn Care LLC. Be happy to come out and give you a free quote. And that is Welcome Home with the Katina's first ever paid advertisement. Yes, sir. Thank you, Eli. <laughs> um, all right. So now we're going into this isn't really the third question, but this is the third question. Um, and this is I talked to when I talked to dad yesterday about this, I shared with him that this question is really the heart of the podcast and um, I want you to, there's no right or wrong answer to this, but, uh, I just want you to share from the heart and it's this, what's going on at home, Eli? Mm. What's going on at home? Um, well, I just got a new dog that I mentioned earlier and, uh, you know, it's funny. I think there's something to be said about wanting something and then you get it and it absolutely does not live up to what you thought it would be. Um, So right now what's going on at home, I've been doing a lot of crate training, a lot of potty training, um, and that's been a lot of work. But, you know, I think deeper than that, um, as a a newlywed, I think I'm uh, really trying to navigate just this... uh, role of of what it looks like to be a good husband what it looks like to be a godly husband um to be the 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 head of the household but also to just walk alongside my wife um and and love her and care for her um and support her and encourage her um the best way i can so i think for me um just a lot of work on myself and a lot of work 
uh, with my wife and in, in creating the marriage that we want, uh, the example that we want to set uh, just for our kids and, you know, giving each other grace, uh, giving ourselves grace, um, but just trying to uh, be the type of partners that we would be proud to be um, and that we want to have in our own lives. So awesome. Um, so yeah, I've I've gotten to see you kind of walk into this new season of your life as being married, and you you said two things there that I would like to to talk about, and uh, part of it's because I think this is a subject that has seen more uh more of the spotlight in recent years than maybe it has in the past and so uh don't take this as me attacking you or anything but i do want to say so you you talked about how you're learning how to be the head of the household as a as a man um but you also said that you mentioned being partners with amelia yeah and so what i want to ask you is what in your experience in your six months of marriage how has that dynamic been for because because i think when you say head of the household maybe some people might take that a different way than than others but i do i do think that there is um you're just a natural leader so part of it is that but i would like to talk to you like what's that dynamic been like of being the quote head of the household but also partnering with your wife yeah Man, that's a good question, and it's hard not to to feel like, oh, I'm 21, I don't know. Um, I still have a lot of life ahead of me and a lot to learn, um, and you know, I, I by no means have all the answers when it comes to marriage and when it comes to leading well and supporting, um, but I think uh, for me, when it comes to leading, I think you know, in any great leader in history, whether it's uh, Martin Luther King or your favorite president or, you know, Jesus himself, I think they set a really good example uh, that the best way to lead is to lead yourself first. Um, and you can't, uh, you can't lead other people if you're not taking care of yourself and, and asking yourself the hard questions of how am I doing? Um, how am I bettering myself? How am I strengthening my relationship? Uh, with with my wife, how am I strengthening my relationship with God? Um, how am I uh, being a good friend and a good son and a good brother? So I think for me, most of the work um, when it comes to being a good partner is mostly uh, working on myself. And I think uh, just allowing uh, room and space for me to... Uh, just ask those things and to uh, try to identify why I do certain things and and what are the things that I want to change and what are the things that I want to expand on and and grow in. Um, And as far as supporting my wife, I think, you know, just having the perspective outside of what I want, but what she wants and what she wants to pursue and, you know, putting the same value, um, on, on the things that she's passionate about, uh, that I'm passionate about because, you know, when you get married, uh, you're a team and, you know, if something's important to her, it needs to be important to me. And if something 
bothers her, then it needs to bother me too. And I think, you know, that's been just the approach that I've been taking uh, when it comes to our marriage is uh, just valuing one another's passions um, and giving grace and compassion to uh, the things that that might bother us or or hurt us and, and navigating that place of how can I become a better partner yeah I I totally see that in you and Amelia's relationship how long have you guys been how old were you when you met Amelia 17 she was 16 so you guys were still in high school at the time right yep yeah so I remember meeting Amelia for the first time she came and sat with mom and I at one of your football games and you know it's not like you brought a lot of girls around in high school no, so and you know when when Amelia came I had no idea obviously at the time that your guys's relationship would become what it has um but one thing about your relationship with Amelia that I have seen is that I guess I should I can say I see sides of you with Amelia that I never saw in my life hmm. and um I think that the reason I when I the way I realized that you know Amelia was special to you was because I saw this more um, maybe softer is the word this side of you that is not as much um, you know so headstrong but you're able to she changed she changed who you are who you are Definitely. and obviously you change growing up when you meet someone so young but. Uh, I definitely think you being with Amelia has you have grown a lot and become uh, a better man and so I admire that and you know I'm thankful for Amelia because she's brought out amazing sides of you that I think are so valuable and um, you know as a man it's got to be rewarding to have a partner and a wife like Amelia who makes you a better person because I definitely think she does but thank you yeah she's definitely better than than I deserve and she's just an absolute gem and I'm so thankful for her and uh yeah I think like you said she brought out parts of me that I didn't even know um were there and she's done a just a great job at not only loving me well but um caring about me enough to to point out the areas in my life where I could be better um and just showing me what what love looks like what grace looks like and uh it's been just she's made everything so easy um and she is truly uh the the greatest uh example of of love in my life Mm. and and what true love looks like and um what sacrificial and and unconditional love looks like yeah that's awesome man so you talked about um you mentioned leaders and looking up to leaders and you, I, you mentioned martin luther king jr obviously one of the great leaders of our nation and quick question do you know what a muse cage is no okay so i'm gonna <laughs> explain something to you so okay. a muse cage is basically the where i heard about this was from kobe bryant he's one of my idols okay. uh, and w- what a muse cage is is kobe would have um in his room or in his in his home he would have 
a room that he called his muse cage. And essentially what it was, was it was a room where he hung up pictures and, and, and posters and whatever of people who really inspired him. And he, whenever he was, um, in need of inspiration, he would go into his muse cage. Hmm. And my question for you is if, if you had a muse cage, yeah, who would be hanging on the walls and why? Okay, how many can I pick? However many you want. All right, I'll pick three. All right. Um, so, you know, one that comes to mind, which is actually um, sort of recently, just as uh, I've been reading the Bible more, and um, I think as I've grown, you know, you kind of grow out of your, um, what's the word? just like go to verses in the Bible and, and go to uh, just standard devotionals. And, and uh, as I've been reading, the Apostle Paul uh, is one of, in my opinion, just the greatest stories of redemption um, and what it looks like to just have a, I mean, that dude's story is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, just where he started and and where he ended up, uh, I think inspires me, uh, that, you know, I don't have to have all the answers and I don't have to be perfect, uh, to, to have an impact on, on people and to, uh, leave, leave a legacy that is, is, is worthwhile. So the apostle Paul, um, I played football for the majority of my life. I think football for me is something that I've known longer than than anything I played when I was 6 to 18 so I played for 12 years my favorite football player of all time is the legendary safety Brian Dawkins uh, for the Eagles and I mean that dude I didn't really I, I caught uh, Dawkins at sort of the end of his career um, so he he wasn't the player that he used to be but uh, just another guy who who played with uh, immense passion um, you know a great leader and just had a had a crazy just outlook on on football um, he inspired me when I was playing and and I, I'm a big B-Doc fan um, and then my third would be, uh, probably Martin Luther King. I mean, <laughs> that dude. That's a good answer. Yeah. Martin Luther King taught just the, the sacrifice that he made and just the, the personal conviction that he felt, um, and not just, uh, you know, talking the talk, but, but walking it and, you know, laying down his life for a cause that he felt, uh, was, well, not that he felt that it is so worthy, um, just inspires me to be courageous, um, and to take risks, um, cause you know, that dude risked it all. Um, so yeah, Apostle Paul, Brian Dawkins, and Martin Luther King pretty good would group. be my muse cage. <laughs> nice. I, I like those. I, all solid picks. Um, what about you? Oh, man. If I had if I had to pick three, I would definitely put Kobe Bryant on there. 
Um, we've already talked about Kobe in, in the last episode, but um, he's very he's just a big part of my life and um, it's weird and it's just someone that I've never actually met how, how, how he's impacted me. I would put Kobe on there. I would put um, let's see. I think I would put the the rapper Lupe Fiasco. Oh yeah. On there for people who don't know I I love hip hop music and um he's a huge reason why when I was young, you know, mom and dad were a little strict on the stuff that we were allowed to listen to and so yeah. I really wasn't introduced into hip hop music until I was much older than than most people probably were, but Lupe Fiasco was an artist who I just fell in love with and I'm not kidding I really really believe in my high school years no one on the planet earth listened to more Lupe Fiasco music than I did I I listened to him all day from the moment I got on the bus heading to school throughout in between classes during classes and on the bus home that's who I listened to Um, so I would put Lupe on there and for number three, I would say, man, who really, who was I really inspired by? Uh, I would maybe say, um, man, I want to try and not do a Bible character. <laughs> uh, I, I let me get back to you on that because I right. really need to think on that. That's but, fair. Um, so. Eli sold himself short when he was talking about that he played football. Yes, he played football, but he excelled in football. So he probably won't say it, but I'll say it. He was a uh, Mr. Fo- Tennessee Mr. Football runner-up. Um, so for people who don't know, that's the award that goes out to the best high school football player in the state. And Eli was a runner-up his senior year. That's no small feat. I'm sure you made like all state and all district teams and like stuff. I can't, um, I can't remember all of that, but there's one thing, there's a good story that I'd love for you to tell, bro. And there used to be, there's this record at our, at our school, our high school, we went to Centennial high school and it's the most varsity starts, um, in school history. And you started as you started your freshman year, which is unheard of. And I shouldn't say unheard of, but it's very difficult to be a starter. And not only were you a starter your freshman year, but you started on the offensive line. So you played against the biggest guys in Tennessee high school football at the time. Um, and I know that uh, by your senior year, you know, having that record of the most starts in school history was something important to you. But yeah. would you share your story about um, – how that uh, endeavor ended for you. Yeah. So the, the, the record at my high school was 54 starts. Um, going into my senior year, we needed to, you know, win a certain amount of games, uh, which was, was nine, and we went nine and one in the regular season. And then we needed to, uh, I think, play four playoff games. Um, and yeah, I think when I started as a freshman, the the stat keeper at our high school, he was like, "Dude, if you keep playing, you could break the record." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's that's a big deal." Um, 
so I played, uh, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior year, my senior year, you know, the stage was set. Um, and I was on pace, um, to break it. And it was senior night. It was like week seven of senior night football. And I woke up that Friday morning, um, just feeling really convicted because there were some seniors on our team who had uh, been just as invested in the program um, as I was, you know, came to the same amount of practices, did all the same workouts, and who, who it's not like they weren't uh, in the running for the most starts, like they had never started a game. And there was this one kid, his name was Charlie, and his whole family was coming to the game. He started uh, underneath me. And his grandma was coming. It was like the whole thing. Um, And, you know, it's not anything I planned, uh, but it was just heavy on my heart. So during pregame meetings uh, before the game, the offensive line unit was was going over just our typical um, just pregame stuff. And I I didn't know I was going to do it until I did it, but I told our O-line coach, I was like, hey, I want Charlie to start over me. for tonight uh, because he's someone who, you know, he's worked just as hard as me, um, and and I've started plenty of games, and I I really want him to have this. Um, So my senior night high school game, um, it was funny. I was actually the the captain that night, um, and I wasn't starting on the first drive. Um, And long story short, I ended up – falling short of the record by a game uh for starts but man like if there's anything um I, I want to change a thing uh, I think it's oftentimes uh just just so easy to get so uh focused on a goal and you you miss out on uh things that are happening around you and, and I'm really proud uh just it's weird to say but I'm proud of myself and um, I I feel like I broke another record that night Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't wouldn't do it any other way that's awesome dude that's one of my favorite stories and I think it uh, really speaks to your character that you know your senior night and which is kind of the it's it's a it's supposed to be a celebration of your time on the team and no one, I mean, you won't say this, but I'll say it. No one gave more to to the team in those four years than you did, and that was the one night that you didn't start. You started from as what a fourteen year old. Uh, uh yeah, fourteen yes, or 14, fifteen. But you know, I think that you know, growing up, mom and dad always taught us, you know, put others first and and think about others before you think about yourself and. It may seem like a small thing now, but when you're deep into the high school football culture and that was really your life at that time for you to be able to make that sacrifice and and to put someone else before you, I think that's a testament to your character and um, just a great story. And we have a little bit of time left, so I'll ask you one more question. And it's a question that I know you've heard before. Uh, because I've heard it before many times and I never really know how to answer it but I'm hoping that maybe because it's just me and you uh, you'll be able to answer it better than you have before alrighty so here it is 
what is it like being a Katina kid? Ooh. What is it like? <sighs> Man. You know, I was so blessed um, to grow up in the home that I grew up in and to have both parents in my life and have just a, a team of, of people who supported me and cared about me and loved me. Um, you know, I'm so thankful for that. Uh, and in addition to that, you know, I think one thing that comes with that is, is definitely a lot of pressure. And I think being a Katina kid, um, you grow up with, with a lot of expectations that I don't think are always intentional. Um, but, but just being a, a kid who grows up in ministry and sees ministry just on the front row, um, a lot of that's a blessing and a lot of that um, I'm thankful for. Uh, but I think a lot of that, too, can, uh, you know, shape the way you think uh, in, in certain ways and um, can leave you just with questions that, you know, not everyone has the answers to. Um, but, I, you know, for the most part, it's great. Uh, but you know, dude, we're family. Like we're, we're like anyone else. Um, our family is, is, uh, we, we struggle with the same things, um, that everyone else does. And, um, you know, that's the beautiful part, man, is, is I think you just learn that everyone's got their stuff and, um, we just walk through it together. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful for my family and I'm thankful to be Katina. Um, but it's not always easy. Yeah. I, I think, uh, when I hear that question, you know, to me, it's like, well, what is it like being a part of any family? Yeah. Because that's all we are. We're, we're just a family and we're dysfunctional in many ways. Um, and, but we take care of each other and, you know, the same struggles that any family has, I promise the Katinas have them. And, uh, I, I remember when I was young people, kids in like elementary school, they would say, Josh, your dad's famous. And it's funny to me because, you know, I never saw it that way. And, uh, I don't even think dad would say he, I don't think dad sees it that way either. My dad's just my dad. And, that's one thing that I, I hope people can understand is that, you know, the Katinas, even though they're on stage and uh, maybe the spotlight's on them more than most dads are, at the end of the day, they're still just dads and their husbands and their brothers and and they face the same struggles that um, everyone does. And so does our yeah. family. And so um, that's one of my hopes with this podcast is that you know, as we, as we go on that people will see that the, the human side of, of the Katinas and understand that, you know, we have the same struggles. We ask the same questions, um, that anyone else does. And we're, we're no better than anyone. We're not special. We're just a family. And, um, but we're a family who loves each other. So I think we'll end on that. Eli, I'm, I've had a good time, uh, talking with you and likewise I, I know we'll talk more after this and <laughs> I hope that uh you can come on the podcast uh, uh again soon but I'll give you an opportunity is there any like announcements or 
Love Squared info you want to share with our listeners or yeah, I, yeah. I mean you can find us anywhere really uh, where there's Wi-Fi just Love Squared Missions um, but I think you know outside of that I would just encourage everyone you know listening uh, to this this uh, just podcast is uh, you know we're in we're in a year um, where it's really hard to just feel connected and to find community um, and it's so important to surround yourself with with people that care about you with people that love you um, you know at home and at, outside of home so I, I would just encourage uh, man people to, to, to find your group find your people um, and don't let uh, just you know their their real struggles and, and and barriers that are aren't allowing that but but try your best if it's online whatever it is um, to to find your home uh, even if it's not in a building um, you know home is home is everywhere we just have to find it so thank you for having me it's been a pleasure um, and I'm excited to just see this this grow um, and to just hear from other people's perspectives um, as we all try to find our home together. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Eli. Love you, bro. Love um, you, man. For those listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.